Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Lockdown Flames. Last night's 4-1 loss against the Ottawa Senators proves why the Flames need to make a deal at this deadline. And we're going to talk about that and the names that they can add to their roster right after this. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. This is my sixth year covering the NHL, and, uh, you know, I'm here to stay, and I'm very excited to bring you some more coverage of the Calgary Flames. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at JessBelmosto. You can find my works on uh, hottakesandharshrealities.com and downthefrozenriver.com as well. So, last night was embarrassing, to say the least. You know, the Flames were playing a <laughs> the worst hockey they've played since Daryl Sutter has taken over, and that has got to be one of the most embarrassing sights for Daryl Sutter. It was just a bunch of regression, and it's not even as if this team was taking a lot of penalties in that way. They just could not get themselves going, and it was nearly as humiliating as like the 7 to nothing loss that forced Jeff Ward to be fired, and I don't think that the Flames are anywhere near firing Daryl Sutter and I don't think that's going to happen at all this season but you know when you get outshot 34 to 29 and you have Matt Murray looking like a Vesna trophy winner after he hadn't won a single game all season you really need to start wondering why that is what is happening in this team and they just couldn't get out of their own way and Tyler Pitlick I'm sorry I hate to pick on you but you know Having him on the second line was just not – it was not good. Uh, he's eating up those minutes from talented players. He's taking those minutes away from guys like Blake Coleman, Andrew Mangiapane, and honestly, Milan Lucic. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> but I do think that Sutter arranged the lines like that to send a message to Bradtree Living and say, this is what I'm working with. If you expect us to go and make a run for the playoffs, you need to give me something to work with because the offense could not get going. I was sitting there going, boo, tomatoes, throwing tomatoes, 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 like that stupid TikTok that's going around. And I was so frustrated when, you know, the Senators scored their first goal and then they scored their second goal. And then it just kept going. And the Flames could not get out of their way. Jacob Markstrom looked like a Matt Murray out there. I do not know what happened. But something has to change. And there's no reason for this team not to be selling at the deadline. You know, they have draft picks, which we're going to talk about next segment. But <laughs> there are so many attractive names out there for this team to snag, to add to their roster and, you know, really make this team a threat again because the game, the way that they were playing before their COVID pause was not entirely sustainable. But, you know, you can win some and lose some, but you cannot go on these streaks where you're losing four games in a row and gifting charity wins to teams like Ottawa or um, 
you know, Buffalo and teams just at Arizona, teams at the bottom of the barrel. You are so much better than that. And I just I I hated watching last night's game. It was quite embarrassing. And I don't even know what to say other than this team needs something to get going. And I don't think that adding a defenseman at the deadline is your biggest concern. I think that they need to launch Good Branson and Zadorov to the moon, to the next galaxy, to another solar system, because that third pairing is absolutely abysmal. Um, I never thought I would see the day where I would be grateful for Michael Stone to be on the roster, but um, not that I think he's a bad player or anything. I just didn't think that, you know, they would have to fully utilize him. Uh, They need to do something to revamp those pairings. They need to I don't know. I I don't think defense needs to be your number one priority right now, but at the same time, they need to figure something out because it is awful. Good Branson and Zadorov look so lost out there. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, there's like that lost puppy dog look that some young players get, you know, their first season or two when they're like, oh no, like I shouldn't have done that. But these guys, they just look like complete airheads. And I'm sorry. You know what? If you're listening to this and you're, you know, a good Branson defender and Zadorov apologist, I'm sorry. But it's a complete overpay for a defenseman. That money could have gone towards something else. And if you <laughs> if you think about it, he, they were not an upgrade from Mark Giordano. They just weren't. And I, I don't know what Brad Tree Living was thinking. And overall, like... The Flames, <laughs> the Flames defense is not their biggest concern, but at the same time, they need to figure something out. And I would not be surprised if, you know, one of those two names is gone. I don't know anything, but I just think that one of them needs to go at least and permanently slot in Michael Stone and you're just going to have that money sitting up in the press box, eating up two, three million bucks. But I I don't know. It's just very frustrating <laughs> watching them play night after night and just stand there and look completely clueless when you have your offense that can't help themselves. They can't find their way out of a paper bag. Uh, I don't know if it's just kind of like a communications thing, if they're just really bad or... Um, we were catfished by the <laughs> Flames early in this season. So, you know, we're going to talk forwards and then we'll dive into defensemen another day because that's the defensemen cost big coins and we don't have big money right now. So the Flames, again, could not find their way out of a paper bag last night offensively. You know, Matthew Kachuk had the lone goal and Johnny with the assist, but It just was not good. It was not impressive. Again, tomato, tomato, throwing tomatoes. Not, no, just, it was ugly. It was some of the worst Flames hockey I've watched in my (laughs) two seasons covering, two and a half seasons covering this team. Coming up next, we will absolutely be talking about some names and assets that the Flames can uh, capitalize on while they approach the deadline. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Are you someone who loves to snack? I know that's me. I have a bowl of fruit and a Built Bar just about every day. And Built Bars are a delicious tasting protein bar that will 
get you through the day, and of course, fuel you for whatever your day holds. Built Bar is offering you a special deal with 15% off with promo code LOCKED15 when you make a purchase at Built.com. Get yourself signed up for their newsletter so you know if they have some limited time offer flavors and or if they're bringing something back or if they're running an additional sale. But you, because you listen to Locked on Flames, you can get yourself 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. Thank you so much for making Locked on Flames your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Last year's trade deadline was just not good. It was not good. <laughs> um, it didn't. It, there was no difference maker there, and it was pretty evident when the Flames did not make the playoffs. When they didn't, you know, I mean, they had a good draft, but none of the picks for that they acquired were for last year's draft. They were all for 2022 or 2023. So last season, you know, the Flames traded Sam Bennett and David Riddick, two two of Matthew Kachuk's best friends. And the Flames used the third round pick they acquired from Toronto from the David Riddick trade to acquire Dan Vladar from Boston. They still have Emil Hyman who, uh, came together in the Sam Bennett trade, and they also have a second-round draft pick. So essentially two second-round picks. Um, In this year's draft, they can use. But I figured we could take a look at just two names that I found particularly interesting for no reason at all, no personal bias at all, um, for, you know, just the first glance over of the trade deadline. Jake DeBrusque, yes, I have mentioned his name several times now on this podcast and why I think he'd be a good fit. And I'm here to sell you again. I'm like a car salesman. I'm going to I'm gonna drive it home until you, you know, until you're driving that car home. I am going to talk about it and plant that seed until you're calling me saying, you know, I think it's time, it's time to make that trade. So <laughs> earlier this season, Jake DeBrusque requested a trade uh, from Boston because... Well, he just had enough, I guess. Didn't didn't feel like he was uh, getting utilized in the best way. And in Boston, we call that the Peter Solarik treatment because Peter Solarik is a former prospect and he was just kind of thrown to the press box when he had nowhere else to go in the lineup. And that's kind of what happened to JD earlier this season and he's kind of getting a little bit of backlash for not addressing the media. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm all about that protecting your mental health. Like, please do you, like you are not required. The media is not entitled to have access to you. And as somebody who works in uh, public relations and professional hockey, if my player doesn't want to talk to you after a game, they don't have to, there's literally no obligation, (laughs) but, and then, media member a media member was like jumping down and attacking um cindy debrusque jake debrusque's mom on twitter so that that's how you know uh things are bad (laughs) but what does jake debrusque bring to the table other than this kind of like fake chaos if you will uh 
He has a very, very strong power play presence, which I think the Flames need in order to elevate their special teams. Because right now, they're just not doing well. They're, they're just struggling on uh, the power play. And he has, <coughs> excuse me, a strong front of the net presence. And he would be killer on that second unit. I think that you could swap him in. I know that they've had, um, they've been experimenting there, but at the same time, it's kind of just like, why not find a solid guy? And Jake DeBrusque has like the criteria to get you there. I think that he is one of the best power play. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Power play uh, players, I guess. <laughs> I can't, I can't think of the word um, <clears throat> out there for him. And uh, I think the Flames just could really use that. And they need somebody to help elevate their presence offensively. And the Flames could really use a guy like Jake DeBrusque. And I, I'm going to talk more in depth about this as well on a uh, trade deadline special. But just to kind of give you an idea, he has... 16 postseason goals in 22 playoff games. He, he, his freshman, or sorry, his rookie and sophomore year, he had a strong offensive game, was pushing like 20 goals. And he has kind of like regressed, but I think that's because he's not getting consistent playing time. He isn't finding himself on a line that can really generate those opportunities. He isn't seeing those middle six minutes that he grew accustomed to as a rookie and a sophomore. And that's fine. You know, I think that happens. We've seen it happen with players before and a change of scenery would be good for him. And he does. Um, I'm trying to think. Okay. So he has a cap hit of 3.675 and is an RFA at, after this season, you know, I don't think the Bruins would extend a qualifying offer to him based off of their request or his request for a trade. Um, you know, I think that he would be a better fit here in Calgary because he has struggled to find a fit in the lineup to, or to find a, like a permanent spot in the lineup because of all the line shuffling and just how strong Boston's top six are. And you eventually become the odd man out when you aren't producing. But I think like I mentioned, that change of scenery, you have, you know, your top six in Calgary are really your middle six. I'm not going to – the top line's fine. Top line has nothing to do with this problem. <laughs> but that middle six could truly use some sort of stability and less uh, shuffling. I, It's not as bad as it was last year, but I do think that they are – in need of consistency because you can't have Luch playing your second line one night and then drop him down to the fourth and then have him like on the wing of your third line. Like there just needs to be some sort of consistency. <laughs> and I do think that Jake DeBrusque would help provide that offensive push that this team needs to say the least. I think that he could generate a lot more scoring chances. I think that he would help finish those scoring chances and, the one thing that I like about him is that he he is consistent through the regular season in the playoffs. You don't see him do like this sharp dive or, you know, oh, he's 
oh, he's only playoff DeBrusque. No, I think that he he brings value to the team wherever he is, whenever he's on the ice. Unless, of course, you're a Boston fan because he, they call him Jake DeBust. Because it's real creative and... Um, I don't know. I think I think he's fine. I think that he's a good player. And he's from Alberta. Dad's Louis DeBrusque. No, but we need him in Calgary, not Edmonton. Okay? Great. Next up is Riley Smith. Uh, the only redeeming quality of <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Vegas has to move some cap space around. And they have to get creative because they went out and signed Jack Eichel. He has a cap hit of $5 million. And the Flames don't really have that much money. But they got to make some trades. So what they can do, you know, shuffle things around a little bit. This is why we're going to have a more in-depth special with somebody who can, uh, you know, make sense of numbers. And, (laughs) you know, not me because I'm just like, oh, this number makes sense. That guy makes sense. He has numbers. You know, things like that. Like, it's just, I'm not very good on the business side of things, but don't worry. I got you. So, Riley Smith is amazing. He is very easy on the eyes. He is something that this team needs in terms of offensive strength. You can almost always squeeze 20-plus goals out of him. And like I mentioned, he is the only redeeming quality of the Las Vegas, or sorry, the Vegas Golden Knights. And I didn't purposely pick two Bruins players or, you know, two former Bruins players. But I I think that, you know, they both are two great guys that (laughs) that can definitely add more to your – offense and I think that Riley Smith can provide that like when he's healthy I don't think that there's really anything to worry about he's 30 years old he'll be I, he'll be a UFA I believe at the end of this season yeah he'll be a UFA at the end of the season and he this season he has 11 goals 18 assists he is playing he has three power play goals like um he He's playing strong minutes in Vegas, and if the Flames can somehow figure out a way to make this work and to package up uh, that second-round draft pick and bring Riley Smith or Jake DeBrusque to Calgary, that would be super neat. I I think that Riley Smith is just a good option. He, He did kind of falter after he was traded from... No, I'm lying to you. He didn't falter after he was traded from Boston to Florida. But from Florida (laughs) to Vegas, he saw uh, an increase in playing time. So he's been seeing a lot more more minutes and has, you know, been since playing in Vegas. These are his uh, goal numbers, okay? 22 goals in 67 games, 19 goals in 74 20, 27 goals in 71, 14 goals in 53, and so far 11 in 39. So I think that it is something important to remember. Like, he's already passed last year's point totals. 
you know, you need someone who is going to generate those, like, the offense. You need something, someone who's going to cycle the puck, who's going to shoot the puck, who's going to, you know, have that presence in front of, you know, like, on the ice. And they're not going to be afraid to shoot the puck. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that, but they cannot be afraid to to shoot and <laughs> to score. And because if you're not going to shoot the puck, you're not going to score. If you're not going to pass the puck, you're not going to score. You're not going to create any scoring opportunities. So, you know, those are just two names that kind of popped into my head while I was uh, searching the interwebs of, you know, the early trade deadline talks. So we will revisit this later, closer to the trade deadline, of course. But uh, to wrap up today's show, I think, you know, it's appropriate to talk about the winners and losers of the week for a Friday show. So we're also going to bet, you know, what we're going to bet on flames making the playoffs. So bet online AG is your online sportsbook expert for having to bet. <laughs> Uh, place your sports bet online uh, bet online ag is a fantastically new has a new layout and a new design that you can check out on your mobile device or your uh, desktop wherever you're cruising the internet bet online ag has you covered with live updates props lines anything you need to get uh Get information when it comes to sports betting. So head on over to Bet Online AG today. Sign up for your free account and make that first deposit. But make sure you use promo code Locked On for a fifty percent welcome bonus. So sign up for your free account, make your first deposit, and use promo code Locked On, and you get that fifty percent welcome bonus. So don't don't hesitate to uh, place some bets. You can do this. Bet online AG. Make sure that you are subscribed to Locked On Flames wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you, it's free. Why wouldn't you want to tune into a free podcast? We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Winners and losers of the week. This is something I look forward to every uh, week because <laughs> it gives me. A, t- a, a true uh, segment to just kind of air it all out. And <laughs> this week we have uh, very, very stark differences in our winners and losers. So never thought I'd have Connor McDavid being a loser, but you sure proved that this week. McDavid had a press conference, or the Oilers did, and then McDavid was asked about Evander Kane, and um, (laughs) this is why hockey culture will never change. The the problematic side of hockey culture. And I I might get heat for this, but Connor McDavid was an absolute clown the way that he answered this question. You know, the way that he kind of blamed the fans and you know, for having an issue with a guy who has serious allegations and also trigger warning because we're going to talk about those allegations a little bit. Um, Just to call it like optics and we can't please everyone. And, um, you know, it is what it is. To have such like a blase attitude about it, it was just so gross. And 
it proved that, you know, he said the quiet part out loud, that winning is more important than, uh, than anything. And for those of you who don't know, Evander Kane has several allegations of sexual assault, domestic violence. Uh, he has been a known locker room problem. There's a picture of him in Winnipeg being flipped off by one of his teammates. And uh, that picture truly speaks for himself. But I, again, I might catch a little heat here for this, but <laughs> I, I don't think that we need to really be giving players like Evander Kane million chances I don't and this isn't about a second chance because he has been given that time and time again and all he does is mess up and I'm not talking like oopsies I was caught out clubbing um in the middle of a pandemic like he had a fake vaccine card he crossed the border when he wasn't supposed to um violating covid protocol the allegations from his now ex-wife and, you know, gambling is, you know, a serious problem. If, and I'm not shaming anybody with a gambling addiction. I don't want that to come off that way. But, uh, you know, if you please, like, seek help. Uh, there's resources online if you have a gambling problem or think you have a gambling problem. But he is just someone who cannot be in a locker room at this point until – like, there's a reason why things in Buffalo didn't work out, Winnipeg, and San Jose. And now his ex-teammates are being asked about it, and they're like, yeah, no, we haven't thought about it. We haven't talked about it. And so, Connor McDavid, you're an absolute doofus for saying, like, oh, it is what it is. Like, who cares if this guy scores 20-plus goals? He's a piece of trash. He's awful. And you just want that in your room? And then for their, for Ken Holland to say, oh, yeah, you know, like, the solution is in our locker room to make this team a better team. And then to have McDavid say, no, like, this, it is what it is. It's fine. Like, come on. Like, is this a joke? <laughs> and that's – but remember, kids, hockey is for everyone. Hockey is for everyone. My winner of the week. This one is a feel-good moment. You know why? Because it involves Tuka Rask. And I love Tuka Rask. He is one of the best goalies of all time. And he collected his first win back from hip surgery. So last year he was a UFA and he needed hip surgery. So he didn't sign with anyone. He wanted to rehab, see how he felt and if things would, you know, if he was going to be ready to play again. And he also made it pretty clear that he uh, would not. <laughs> he would not be signing anywhere else but Boston and you know, he, he did. He re-signed, and he came back <laughs> with a big win against the Flyers, a 3-2 win over the Flyers. He saved 25 of 27. He received a warm welcome from the uh, the crowd and the fans and his teammates, and there was just a whole lot of love going around, and it was just, like, I had fun watching the game. I think that it was pretty exciting to see him back, and... <laughs> David Posternock had a hat trick, and in his post game presser, he had said, "I, I told Poster, or sorry, I told Rask that I'm so excited to have him back. Like I'm, it's unbelievable. I'm so happy. Like I'm more excited than you can imagine. And I told him I'm gonna score a hat trick for you, and he did. And it's great to see, you know, that kind of excitement 
when it comes to your teammates and having that kind of, you know, uh, energy in the room. And you just kind of hope that the Flames can get there someday. So we hope so. (laughs) But thank you all so much for tuning in to this week of Locked on Flames. And I will be back on Monday to talk more about whatever the heck is going on in Calgary with these lines. And if they have some practice over the practices over the weekend, we'll see what the lines tell us until then. See, catch me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Bye-bye.